Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, where's that intro? There it is. Let's play it. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man. Which direction we are going? Narekio Camino. It would have been DWI. We have reached a tipping point. from the hip as I have no choice under the circumstances. So yes. Yes, been a lot of shooting yeah. from the hip lately on a number of fronts. So yeah. why not? Why not just continue on in this vein? Uh, first, I guess let's not bury the lead. So um, the Georgia Wrestling History Awards looked like a great vibe. Um, for the most part, it looked like a really supportive, wonderful environment. And uh, the post-awards discussions have continued on Facebook with people with their usual litany of wildly diverse opinions and declarations about what people should do and how much importance or lack of importance they should put into the awards and people crowing and all of that kind of great stuff that the awards tend to bring out in the wrestling community in general. Uh, Yeah, it was a pretty... um... It was a very interesting night. You know, I've been uh, pondering, well, pondering since really the first of the, uh, well, since the voting closed, uh, whatever date that was, and saw the results and the surprise of the results as to, like, why did this happen and how did this happen that the voting went the way it did? Um, I should say, first of all, uh, I'm the guy who, uh, like I'm the gatekeeper to see who can vote and who can, and I am privy to the results first. Um, as soon as the voting closes, <laughs> I uh, send the results to Larry Goodman and Larry Goodman only. Um, there was some kind of discussion about the fact that, um, for instance, IWE already had graphics ready to go. How could that have been? Um, I don't know. Maybe they have the graphics prepared, assuming they would win any or all of the categories. 
one of the weirdest critiques that I saw anywhere. Was just like, I don't can people not get graphics ready in advance <laughs> and then release them as they find out which ones they want? Okay, weird. Um, but yeah, nobody knew. Uh, I will fess that I told one person only because they implied strongly to me that they weren't going to go and they were going to be one of the winners. So I strongly encouraged them to go, which was tantamount to basically telling them the result of the category by insisting <laughs> that they go. So um, I will admit that I did that. Beyond that, lots of people asked, Larry. I've never had a year where so many people asked me um, who won. I've never had a year. We've never had this many people actually vote. It was 122 people. We had never had this many people request ballots. More than 100 and uh, I think the number was 148. 148 people actually requested ballots. Um, again, an all-time record. Last year, 105 people voted, and 120-some-odd people requested ballots. <laughs> so more and more people are voting. Um, uh, roughly the same percentage of people who request ballots vote. There were far less snafus this year, um, so that was nice. There were way less people sending me writing out the results writing out their entire ballot and emailing it to me. That happened far less. Um, we had less people trying to sneak in, though one person apparently did, um, but we caught it, or it was admitted to, and then we dealt with it accordingly. Um, all of the categories, with the exception of announcer of the year, at one point changed leaders at least a couple of times. Mm, um, mm, mm. So some, of, some of the major categories at uh, different points had three-way ties. That included promotion of the year, wrestler of the year, performer of the year. Um, all had three-way ties going on. Um, mentor was an absolute dogfight between Ace Haven and William Huckabee. Um, they traded back and forth. Nobody else was really close to either one of them. Um, the uh, legends category um, at one point changed who was leading. Um, there were three names in there, Simon Sermon, Nick Patrick, and Murder One, and all three of them were leading the voting at different intervals to show you how close that voting was at one point. None of them got the requisite 50%, but um, we've decided to do something about that. So, Larry, what, I, have, we, have we definitively decided what we're going to do? Do we want to announce that or – in other words, we're going to make it right, and we're going to change the system. I guess that's, that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think from talking with um, Jabari and Rob Rod and Duke, um, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, now, now I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure Duke was in on this, but, but definitely Jabari and um, Rob Rod were. As far as making it a uh, – and got, getting input from others, um, making it a non-voting award. Oh, and, I agree. An award that would be uh, awarded annually, based on the uh, consensus of the committee, rather than go, rather than voting, so that there would be a winner every year. And because we had three very very deserving uh, candidates Agreed. this year, none of them got in. The thought was maybe we would just um, move ahead and. Uh, have all three of them as winners next year and just yeah make it make it as right as we could because it certainly didn't like feel it. right at at the 
um, award show to have no winner, and it's, you know, I didn't like it. The people there <laughs> definitely didn't like it. Um, so that that's kind of what, kind of where we're at with that. You know, it's it's interesting, Larry. I think the dynamic of having a live award show, um, I think it really changes certain things. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that, uh, and that's a good thing. And as usual, one of the things I love about these awards, um, when's the last year where zero changes occurred to the awards process or the categories? It's been wow. a long time since there hasn't been a change. I just thought of that. Yeah, I mean, it's been some kind of a tweak almost every year, I think, in the last years. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which but, means not only do we listen to logical suggestions, we're always thinking about it. Well, I think another change that we're going to make, I'm just going to go ahead and say that we're making it, um, is, it, like, for instance, um, for match of the year, IWE had two – matches in there and what happens is they basically split that vote yeah so they wind up fourth and fifth when if you add together the votes there's a good chance they could have won so i think in the future we're not going to have a league with more than one match or promo of the year um there was another category oh feud of the year the exotic youth were involved in two different feuds Mm-hmm. And so those ended up dividing votes as well, which just doesn't seem fair. So I would suggest leagues in the future just put up one match. Now, I'm not saying that didn't happen this year. I mean, I'm not indicting anybody, everybody. I know that a lot of sand gets in a lot of vaginas. Like, what I'm saying is, in the future, just think of that one match that you really want to put up there in the nomination process. And uh, the committee will make sure, because what we want is um, everybody to have an equal chance to win, if that makes sense. And yeah, I, I think the more we remove these factors that have to do more with the sort of like just the the, the things of voting than anything else, um, <laughs> you know, the, we don't want the mechanics of voting. I mean, is it going to be a popularity contest to an extent? Of course, right? Um and to address this, I think this is safe to say, Larry, feel free to cut me off if I'm wrong, but um, the suggestion from uh, Jimmy King um, that fans vote is not even going to be taken under consideration. Fuck that noise. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. Uh, no. Again, there's nothing stopping anybody else from creating their own thing. God knows it's been tried a dozen times or more before, right? So people are welcome to come up with their own wacky bullshit, but our wacky bullshit is based on the idea that this is a peer-voted thing. And I think of all the things that have changed, that's the one thing that will likely never change. Maybe the definition of peer will become more fluid, perhaps, but... The idea of a peer-voted award is exactly what this thing was based on, and it, I, I would just imagine that's how it's always going to be. Well, and, you know, until I croak, it will be, or I leave this thing for sure. And I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody else who's currently involved wants to. In fact, I'm sure wants to change that. From talking to the other committee members, that wants to change that, include a fan vote. Now, I will say. 
with you know so this year we had 137 uh, people that voted. Gosh, I wonder what the yeah. what the what the actual pool is of eligible voters. You know, it's it's huge. So you know, we had a different voting population this year than we had in yes. other years. I think the results clearly reflect that. Um, I was I think, listening I to the classic represented. I think I think the groups of like the Irving West of the world. Um, I think you know a lot more. Um, what I love is <laughs> I saw this picture that somebody put up and it said black excellence and they put up all the uh, black um, candidates that had won in the various categories. And I completely agree. Of course that is taking place. Um, but that is a direct reflection of the fact that more and more people feel empowered to vote in these things and care about them. Um, mm-hmm. the, the idea of, I mean, let's be honest, during the, I can always speak for the time where I was in competition for these things actively, um, you know, it felt like it was like a one or two horse race, maybe a three horse race. That was it. Now it is wide open. Um, one of the most interesting categories was promotion of the year. At one point, Southern Honor was winning. At another point, Classic was winning. <laughs> the ultimate winner being IWE with IWE and then Classic. And then Southern Honor dropped all the way to fourth. Um, so, but at one point, Southern Honor, they got that vote out, and they were winning uh, most of the categories. Um, so, again, you know, Classic, nobody could have predicted that Classic would have been in the running a couple of years ago. Or at Hell no. Exception. But, you know, I, I mean, it's safe to say, but it's, it's not hard to imagine a couple of cards turning and going somebody's way and, like, a WrestleMerica popping in there. Now, I wanted to briefly talk, Larry, if I could, and, and you could definitely offer more than I can in this regard. But I want to talk about Southern Fried because yeah. I feel like Southern Fried, more than any other group, I'll just flat out say it, deserves more. But because of the structure of things, doesn't tend to get almost anything. And I don't know if there needs to be a solution. I don't know if they care enough to try to provide a solution. I will say this. I think um, there. I think Gary Lamb is a certain type of personality. I think Tim is Tim of IWE is in that same category. Both of them will want to stab me right now, but I think at heart both of those guys are great salesmen. Tim and Gary. I don't think Manders is the same kind of salesman. It's not to say that he's not a good promoter, but it is to say that there is a kind of a a magic and a momentum that when it comes to these awards that those guys generate. When Todd was winning awards, for example, he had to be so head and shoulders ahead of his competition in order to win these things that I think it would behoove Southern Honor to I don't know. Like I always say about Southern Honor, they always feel solid but not sexy. And I think sexy wins election, if that makes sense. I, you know, the thing I would say about it this year was when I looked at the nominations, I thought 
Southern Fried's got a lot of nominations. Pro South's got a lot of nominations. I don't think either one of them's going to win. Well, I was wrong about Pro South, but I was right about Southern Fried. And, um, you know, I do think it's some, of the, some of it is, you know, a lot of their talent is shared with other promotions. They're not just their guys. Um, I mean, for example, Lev won for Rookie of the Year. He's one of their guys, but he's not solely their guy. Now he's like, you know, now he's on what three, four different promotions. So right. I think I think there's there's some of that, and I think going back was it maybe four years ago, Southern Fried really pushed uh, the voting and uh, did win more awards. And you know, I was listening to the um, podcast that Heath Mulliken and Nick McDaniel did on Georgia wrestling uh, when they talked about the awards and Nick made the comment that if action wrestling and Matt Griffin decided to really push the awards, they, they would um, be winning a lot of them. And I, I tend to agree. They never have done that. Or at least they'd be that. in contention. Yeah. At least that they'd be in contention. Yeah. Just, you can't act like you're above a thing and then expect success from the thing. I think Matt Griffin shows that. I think Gary Lamb in the last two years shows that. You can't play both ends against the middle. Uh, my father, who worked for various political entities, uh, especially in the last years of his life, he told me this about politics, and I absolutely love People nominate with their head, but they vote with their gut. Yeah. And, and by gut, he meant heart as well. And I think Southern Fried engenders respect, but people aren't fanatical about it. The boys aren't fanatical Southern Fry guys. I'm well, not saying you they know, don't have any. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't have any. I'm just saying IWE and Southern Honor and even Classic, I think, are much more prone to have guys really beat that drum for them. There, there was a lot of heart in last year's award show, but this year was huge heart at the award show. Um, and it really, yeah. it really did. You really could tell that that influenced the voting was the heart of a lot of the, the people and the emotionality of the people that was displayed when various people won. Um, but, hey, we've got a uh, caller here. Let's see who might this be. Hopefully one of the winners. Who's this? You're on the tipping point. Hey, guys, it's Dominic Stuckey. Uh, thanks for answering the call. Yeah, great. Thanks for calling in. Our promo of the year winner, along with Irving West from uh, Classic. So, um, Dom, we're, when, you know, I know you were sitting towards the back with, with Iceberg when the award was announced. What, did, you, um, did you think you were winning? Did you get a strong chance of winning? What were your thoughts before the award was announced? To be honest with you, because I think everybody saw last year's awards show, when Iceberg won the Legends of the Year award, he came back to the table and he was like, "You know, you're winning one next year. I don't know what it is, but you're winning one." So, <laughs> so then, and like at the end of last January, I said, "Oh, I've wrestled all out of state. There's no way I'm winning an award." And then as soon as I got nominated, Berg was like, "You're going to win it." Uh, so I don't know how excited I was in the moment because. We had spent a two-hour car ride of birds talking about, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. 
So I just thought he knew something I didn't. Um, if you could, Dominic, because perhaps not everybody has heard that promo, walk us through what you and Irving were thinking when you were going into doing that promo. What is it? What was it to promote? And why do you think you guys won? Because it wasn't just a matter of a party line vote. Because if that was the case, Classic would have won for promotion of the year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, a lot of the boys who probably weren't there when you cut the promo but listened to it later thought that it was so strong that it was promo of the year. What, just take us through that whole process and the whole thing. Well, to be honest with you, what we were thinking, I had a, I had just watched the Shaq and Kobe sit down, and it was like 40 minutes long. And I wow. saw it, and it all shot in a single-shot take, like one take, single shot, nothing dynamic about it. And I had asked Irv, I was like, hey, are you going to meet me at PCW? Let's cut a promo. He had no idea what I was going to say the entire time, which is kind of why it ran a little bit longer than your standard wrestling promo. But I told him, if you know what I'm going to say, it's going to be less genuine so a lot of it was just us speaking from the heart, throwing out criticisms that we've heard about each other. And it wasn't like we're going to see who cries first, but we're going to tell each other a couple truths. And we're trying to promote our I Love You match at Classic City, which was just a take on the I Quit match, but the <laughs> loser had to say I love you. <laughs> and I know you said it wasn't voting along party lines, to be honest with you and this might sound kind of ridiculous, I think a lot of the reason that I won was because when the promo first was posted, Gary Lamb, like, hated the promo. And he said, probably nobody. And I feel like him posting about it helped, you know, put eyes on it because then it was people watching it just to spite Gary or just to support us. And Joe Black told me best. He was like, just don't say anything. Like, don't go, after, don't go after him. Don't go after anybody that says anything negative. Just don't say anything. Let your work speak for itself. And luckily, that work turned into the promo of the year. You, you know, it's interesting because there was a lot of um, recency effect in the awards this year where things towards the latter half of the year won. And you're the, that promo was pretty early in the year, wasn't it, you and Irving? It was January, yep. and the – the thing is, Bird yeah. and Bryce Cannon both brought that up too. I mean, that's About that's really impressive. <laughs> well, my first thought was, I think I even told you this, Larry, was that uh, for me is, well, I didn't do anything better after January because that's just the way I look at it. But it, Bryce was like, you know, everybody talks about recency bias. And there's nothing recent about, you know, voting that happens in December when the promo happened in January. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, what the... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. Other... Um, Tony, what... Um, when, what, what part do you think, I mean, when, if you had to compare you and Irving, is there any other promo or even scene from a movie or anything else that you could compare you and Irving to? Is there anything that you had in your mind? I know you mentioned the Kobe Shaft thing. Is there anything looking back on it that you go, oh, it kind of reminds me of this and this? Well, it reminds me of a, like a 
rapper. His name is Jordan Lucas. He had a sit down. He had a sit down song, but he was rapping as both uh, participants. So it was his voice, but it was two people speaking it. I kind of feel that's what happened with me and Irv. Like we were both thinking wow. the same things without having to talk about it. So we were just two people talking from the same voice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of improv that does that kind of thing where you kind of get into the same mentality and either speak at the same time or you go every other word to tell a story or that kind of thing. Yeah, if you guys, I mean, the the main thing about a promo when it's when it's two people talking at each other is it's about chemistry. It's a dance. And obviously you guys dance together very well. Well, and it was one of those good things, too, because to be honest with you, like, when I got into wrestling, Irving wasn't a part of the wrestling scene at all. And if it weren't for the pandemic, we would never have met because Azrael, everybody knows Izzy, he had a promotion called HCW in Cornelia, and that was my first chance of breaking in, to, you know, the historic landmark building. And that's how I met Irving. Ever since I first met him, I was like, you know, I feel like we have something that we can build off of, either as a tag team or as opponents. Um, switching gears for a second, uh, people have had all different thoughts about the award show in general. Anything, uh, your thoughts about just the award show itself? So this is only, this is the second one. So, you know, we're still like getting our feet wet with how the award shows even going to go or look in the future. I appreciated the controversy because, you had a lot of unconventional winners. You could say Irvin and I were unconventional winners because I think we were going against up like Murder One, Joe Black, Nick Halen, yeah. a lot of top guys, legit Georgia names and legends, if I can use that. The word. hierarchy promo was second in the voting, by the way. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like – and we had a, I had a decent reception. I don't feel like I heard anybody booing me. But if you look from me winning promo of the year to the thrill of great winning overall wrestler of the year, there was a lot yeah. of mixed emotions. I feel like the only universal the only universal win, in my opinion, was Amy Hayden, which was well deserved. Yeah. I feel like that People was went nuts for Amy, I saw that. And then like, from a voting perspective, obviously Diana Michelle run going ran going away from everybody. You know. Well, I met Diana when she first got into it, and to be honest with you, I don't. As long as you have that award, I'm not sure if anybody's going to come and knock Diana off of her perch because she has a lot of things that just appeals to you. She has a powerful voice. She can do the national anthem, which means she's really a, like a double threat in that regard. She knows what she's talking about. She's not just some pretty woman spouting out names and numbers. She knows what she's talking about when it comes to our profession. He's I mean, as since, legitimate as a wrestler as it gets. Right. I mean, I, and since, since Jonathan Feltner has lost weight, Diana Michelle's boobs are clearly the nicest of any <laughs> 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 Being beautiful does not hurt her chances. But it's her work. She's one of the ones that she's probably – is almost like Grandpa winning the referee award yeah. five times. There's yeah. some there's some people that it's not a controversial pick. It's just the truth. And that's not to say there's not other great people in the field because there's many right. amazing people around Georgia in all capacity. 
But sometimes you just have to be honest. Those two people, I think it's great that you brought them up. Those two people, and I'm, and I'm talking to the other referees and announcers, those two people have to be beaten. You, you're not going to just have, like, a good year and win. You're just not going to work for the right promotion and get a party line ticket and win. Those two people have to be beaten. You have to be head and shoulders better. I felt that way when I was trying to win Booker. I'm like, I have to do something so incredible that I cannot be denied in order to win this category over Jimmy Rave and Bill and Todd. You know, like, to, to beat those guys, I had to do something so, like, so noticeable that it just couldn't be denied. And I think to knock off someone like Diana Michelle, who's got everything, I used to say Michael Jordan was the greatest because he had every advantage physically, work ethic-wise, plus he was willing to cheat. And it's, a, it's an unbeatable combination. And I think Diana Michelle brings skill. She works for a lot of different promotions, and she's nice as fuck. And so to beat someone like that, you know, you gotta you gotta really have something extra. You know, I put Brandon and Gerard in the same um, category at this point. You're Agreed. not going to beat them by just by having a good year. I thought Matthias Darkthorn and Wicked Nemesis had a great year, but it wasn't good they enough. They were winning no in the voting at one point. They were winning at yeah. one point for a brief moment. It was fascinating. Uh, I will say this, and I don't know the Southern Honor crew that well. I've never worked for Southern Honor outside of Bird's Tribute Show. But with the Pro Styles crew, I think they should get a couple extra points considering they do commentary 52 weeks out of the year, coupled with the fact that there's no months or sometimes, like in Classic City's case, two months of planning before your show. Those right. guys, and I've experienced this personally, they get with – the wrestlers beforehand, they try and learn how to pronounce everything correctly, try and truly learn where you are, and they help advance you as a character, especially with a lot of guys at Pro Style being character-driven and not always having the promo time. A lot of those announcers do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, very true. They just do a lot of heavy lifting for Pro Style, which sometimes just goes overlooked, but I wanted to give them that shout-out. Great. Yes. Hey, um, Dom, what are you looking to do? What, what's on your thoughts agenda for the for 24? Well, like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that has concrete goals, like real tangible things. So in 2023, I had a really big achievement of mine personally, and that was when I won the WrestleMania title because WrestleMania was the first promotion I started with way back in 2016. And finally holding that belt, it was like, okay, cool, I'm here. Now what? With 2024, how do I catch a lot of the guys that were better? Because when you guys did your quarterly ranking for Georgia Wrestling History, I think I topped out at like 10th. And I know the entire year, guys like Bryce were ahead of me, Owen Knight, Naja, Hunter, Nick Halen. Deservedly so, because I got to watch a couple of his matches and talk with him. Judas, a lot of guys just were always ahead of me. So if I was 10 last October, I believe, when the list came out, or September, by this March, I want to, you know, be 8 or 7, just climbing and constantly getting better. There's no real promotion or a title that I'm like, oh, I got to get there or I got to get this. It's just 
being better than Dominic Stuckey was last year and proving, showing that I've grown as a performer. Anybody you want to get in the ring with that you've not had an opportunity to do do so so far, not had that chance? So, top of the list, probably Nick Halen. He's a big Bret Hart guy, so I, oh, I just I appreciate you know, that he's scientific about it. He he would be his top – because if you look at a lot of top ten wrestlers, whether it was early in my career or in the last year, I've wrestled a lot of them because I've wrestled Nausea, I've wrestled Powers, I've wrestled Thrilla a handful of times. Uh, Judas would be another one. We've wrestled before at WrestleMania, but that was a way different wrestler in Dominic Stucky. That was – I was still wearing camo pants. Now I've wrestled the swim trunks. <laughs> that, I would like to run that match back. Uh, to be honest with you, I said Nick Halo's at the top of my list, but to be honest with you, my true number one would actually be Chip Day. Chip has probably been my favorite wrestler in Georgia wrestling since I've gotten into it. Yeah. He, he has the striking ability... He can go to the top rope when he feels like he has the submissions, which what draws me in. Like, I've always wrestled Chip in Battle Royal, but I feel like the opportunity to wrestle Chip Day, that would be a true test for me to see how far I come. Where do I need to go back and work on? Because just being in the ring with him says a lot about what each booker thinks of you. Because you look at the people that he wrestles. Chip doesn't wrestle a whole lot of scrubs. He wrestles great guys like Kenway, Hunter James, Bryce Cannon, and him just one match of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to be able to test myself the way a lot of other young guys have test themselves against Chip Day. Hey, Steve, carry forth here for a second. I have to step away. Okay. Um, I'm all yours, Steve. I'm all yours. Yeah, man. Okay, so since Larry's not here to stop me, so... Vince McMahon is shitting on people's heads, right? So, <laughs> like, um, I'm old. Can I ask, how old are you? I'm 26. Oh, shit, you're young. You're young as fuck. So I'm, yeah. I'm 51, about to turn 50. I'm going to be twice your age next week, right? So well, happy early for birthday. me, thank you. For me, what's happening now in the WWE I, I feel like I, I, I knew this day would come. I, what I didn't know <laughs> was how immediate and, and, uh, far, and at the same time far-reaching it was going to go. Do you feel like, as somebody who's younger, so like the first wrestling that you watched and got into was what? What era? The Ruthless Aggression era. Okay. I got to say, as much as people mock the WWE, the fact that I can ask you a question and you can give me an era is one of the most brilliant things they've ever done, is to, is to codify um, different eras. I think it's, it's, I think it's really smart. I think it's something wrestling has never done before. It's just one of the things that sets them apart from everybody else, honestly. But, like, um, so ruthless aggression. So you not even like attitude era necessarily. So, I mean, for you, like, how far do you think the fire is going to spread? And I, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's career or anything. I'm like, what's your what's your just general impression? Do you think like McMahon is where it stops? 
and then he's just going to get burned to a crisp and maybe Brock Lesnar as well? Is that where it stops, or is this thing going to just continue to, like, catch fire here, there, and, and elsewhere? All right, so I'm a WWE guy. Like, I'm WWE is my ultimate goal. So yeah. let, me ask you, let me ask you this. Before I answer your question, yeah. what other sport are you big into? Um, I am big into – I watch everything, honestly. I've even started to watch, like, soccer. Um, but I, I keep up with everything because I feel like as an intelligent person I need to, and I have a lot of friends that are into everything, calling basketball, baseball, football. Shit, I watch hockey. So I follow everything that I can. Okay, so let's use basketball, for example. Okay. Michael Jordan Michael Jordan was a gambler, he, right. and we all know it, right? But when they're talking GOAT debates, do you ever hear Michael Jordan's gambling being brought up? Never. You never do. Magic Johnson, <laughs> people thought Magic contracting HIV was going to shut down the NBA right. in the 1990s. Remember, even Carl Malone, a fellow All-Star, refused to play with him. Yeah. Yet the NBA still had a season after the Dream Team. They were still in 93 seasons. With WWE, yeah. and I feel like especially in the last year, because this isn't 2007 WWE. This isn't no competition, so they just put out whatever great colleague world heavyweight champion. This is selling out huge stadiums over multiple days in multiple countries. Like people, this is they people are not been this. They have not had this kind of momentum in recent memory. Like they are running they, hotter now than they ever. Like they don't. It doesn't matter what they do for WrestleMania. Even if they do the Rock versus Roman, which I would absolutely hate. Guess what? It would probably be bigger than ever if they did Cody against Seth. Guess what? It's still going to be huge. They could literally get away with anything at this point. They're so huge. Well, that, um, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because when I was a kid, because to put my age in perspective, I was born during Bret Hart's last WWE championship run. Wow. So I, so I missed God, the I'm entire old. Attitude Era live. But if you look at WWE pay-per-views, every time you see it, fast lane. Elimination Chamber. I'm not talking about the Big Four. I'm talking about the B pay-per-views. They're always setting a new record. They're always setting yeah. a new standard. And with WWE, not only have they become the standard, they're their own biggest competition at the moment because people are truly talking SmackDown versus Raw for the first time in forever. People yeah. are truly talking, well, I like Seth Rollins' type of world title reign as opposed to Roman Reigns' type of title reign. With the yeah. WWE, they have grown so big so worldwide that Vince McMahon or any individual on God's green earth, no one's bigger than WWE anymore as an individual. No, I, would, I, so, I think it's a very smart assessment. I think it's very accurate, yes. And at this point, you have, at this point, since nobody's bigger, no one, no one person can take it down, whether it's Vince's actions or Laurinaitis' actions. And forgive me because I'm not – 100% well-versed with the entire situation. <laughs> but no one person is big enough. Now, once again, this was like 2007. But speaking of 2007, they survived Benoit. Yeah. In a much darker people, time people period, forget they how people, people forget how close that came to really – wrestling needs to avoid – pro wrestling in the WWE in particular, to me, needs to avoid two things. 
And one of the things is now automatically avoided because they've sold the company. <laughs> so the, the one thing was, you know, the McMahon family is the only thing that can take that thing down. But now it's out of their hands, and I think we're clearly seeing that. Yeah. And the only other thing that could hurt them is if, you know, something tragic happens that they could have avoided. Because at the end of the day, their major flaw is the fact that their contracts used to be criminal <laughs> in the way that they were structured and set up. But they have gone through a process of modifying those contracts and doing enough goodwill gesture type of stuff that I think they're going to avoid. That was the one thing that could have taken them down because it's the one place politically that people tended to go, which was, do we need to look at these WWE contracts? Because it seems like they're kind of bogus. And it's because they were kind of bogus. Right, but they're slowly joining like other major forms of sports and entertainment on how their contracts are structured. But I think the fact that Sasha Banks would have shown up for them if they had just met her dollar amount, right? So they were that close to getting her back, but that dollar amount. Do you know how much she she supposedly was asking for? No, I don't. I'm, I'm not twenty-five million dollars over five years. That is an unheard of amount of money even five years ago for anybody outside of like. Oh, yeah, John that's Cena. bigger than Brock. Well, that's bigger than Brock's so, contract so, in 2016. Yes. They're his giving last, a bigger piece contract. of the pie, which, which is absolutely what they needed to do. They needed to quit pretending that the wrestlers were like, they, it, it used to be this game of how much can we give you while not giving it to you? Now they clearly understand, look, we've got more – we're making more money because the, the revenue stream is different. It ha, doesn't have – ticket sales is like the sixth most important thing now, right? And ratings is even not even in the top two anymore, right? It's about how much money you can make from sponsors, how much money you're making from these contracts. That's it. That's yeah. the game. Well, the, um, the way I see it – oh, my bad. You, no, no, please. Because I was going to say, the way I see it, if you're being honest, when it comes to major American media or major American publicity, the WWE is uniquely situated where they can create bigger stars than other brands of entertainment. Because if you look at the NFL, one thing that hurts the NFL is their players wear helmets. You can't see faces. You can't get personal. Right. But if I'm watching WWE, in one match I can see Roman Reigns smile, laugh, cry, be frustrated. If you look at the biggest movie star in the world, The Rock from WWE, Batista, who's one of the fastest rising stars, WWE, John Cena, who leads Make-A-Wish and has their record by a mile, WWE. It's so easy to take one of their stars and make them a star in other mediums that I think contracts are having to explode because you're going, WWE doesn't compete against losing wrestlers against other companies. It's starting to right. show we're losing wrestlers to Hollywood because there's other yeah. avenues and ventures that WWE only offers. Super smart. I mean, I, I've talked about this for a year now. When you look at Becky Lynch, she does not have a pro wrestler's body. She has a I'm going to Hollywood body. That's she's for sure. She's super skinny. She's got, she's got Rock's agent. Like, you know, she's like – 
she's clearly about to make that jump. Um, and, you know, like you said, their competition, wrestling was very slow to adapt when they finally realized our competition is not, they said this, but they didn't really practice it, which was our competition is not another wrestling league. Our competition is television. And the problem was WWE was way less compelling than television. <laughs> you know, television writing got better and better and better. It still continues to be very good. And WWE had to basically find a way to match it. And how they matched it was basically being as simple as they could be and realizing that, like, people like stars. They just do. They just like stars. Um, everybody can't be the same, you know. So they don't treat Roman the same as they treat anybody else. And wrestling fans get mad about that. But the truth is, like I've always said, there's a group of people. Wrestling is about a group of people holding up eight, who hold up four, who hold up two, who hold up one. And well, they're all the different issue with the Ryback theory. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut in because we got another uh, winner coming on here. Okay, okay. hold on. Go ahead and ask me whatever the last question is. And I can, uh... Who we got here? Hey, gentlemen, it's Ace Haven. Hey. Uh-huh. Congratulations to Amy Haven's husband. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I'd much rather be Amy Haven's husband than her be Ace Haven's wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ace, Ace, I, it, it's the award that matters the most to me. Um, please tell us, obviously you're proud as punch at Amy, but what did it feel like for you to win, Booker? Uh, it was incredible. Steve, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've, I don't even. I'm trying to be humble about it, but it's just such a, such a great feeling. It's something that I've worked almost 16 years for. Um, we've put in a lot of work. We've produced a lot of events. We've produced a lot of content, trying to get to that point. And it's kind of been, I feel like, to a degree, a long time coming. And you can see that just in the effect of how much ProSouth has changed and kind of starting to become a mainstay in the awards, uh, at least in the nominations, compared to where we were just a few years ago. You know, um, Ace, so much so that it was suggested on another podcast that we need to change the name of Georgia Wrestling History if we're going to include Alabama to this degree. Well, but I have, you know, my opinion on that is, do you really include Alabama, or are we just really including ProSouth? Um, you know, I, I know that Scenic City's been in, you know, the talk some, and there's been yeah. some other outside of yeah. Georgia shows that have been in, you know, competition and speaking. Um, but I'm not sure that we really identify as an Alabama show. I think um, that's true. I don't, I don't, like, I mean, when you look at the talent that you use and you look at, it, to me, it's, it's, it's a purely subjective relational thing. And so many Georgia guys freely flow in and out of that promotion in a way that they do not at, like, New South or any of the other Alabama promotions. I think that's why you're in. I, I feel the same way about Phoenix City when it was up for show of the year and at one show of the year because it's 
the Georgia representation is not only strong, it, 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 it feels seamless and effortless, you know, in a way that it's not at other t- – now, if CWA continues to do their thing and they use a lot of Georgia guys, is it conceivable that they could be part of an award show? I would say yes, but clearly Phoenix City is linked up. You know, and it runs through action now, which is clearly a Georgia promotion as well. So I have no problem with the with the pro style thing at all. And and I also don't think a name change is warranted. Uh, I think too many people put too much stock into the state that's listed when you go into the Georgia Wrestling History Awards or even just the coverage that's on the site. The awards are for promotions that are covered by the site. Yeah. It's not necessarily a state-based award. It's a Georgia Wrestling History Award. Now, of course, right. the site's bread and butter is Georgia. That's where it's based out of. That's where the bulk of the coverage is. Um, but I feel like you know anyone that is covered on the site should be feasible to be in the voting for any of the awards. So, IWE has been talking about running shows in South Carolina and in Florida and all kinds of stuff. And if they do, those shows will be, I think, considered as part of the Georgia thing, the Georgia wrestling history thing, I should say. Speaking of the state thing, Ace, you dropped the uh, hint at the award show that you'll be in, that Pro South will in some form or fashion be in Georgia this year. Can you, is there anything more you can reveal about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, details on that are, are going to be soon to, to forthcome. Um, it is pretty much a done deal. All the all the ink is dry on that. Um, and it's not going to be uh, a crossover type thing where we're just going to pop in at, a, at another show. We're not doing a versus. It's, it's none of that mess. It's going to be a full pro-south show um, located deep in Georgia. Right into the right into the hotbed, um, and we're going to introduce Georgia live and in person to our very particular brand of professional wrestling. Wow! Just trying to make your jobs easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Ace, I mean, beyond. I, I, I think the thing that struck me whenever I would look at pictures or read um, what people were writing about the awards show itself, about the awards gala, uh, obviously Amy Haven being sort of, uh, as you know, Dominic rightfully pointed out, you know, sort of universally loved. Like everybody was thrilled that she won that thing. Even Donald Jake's sorry ass. And so, like, everybody was happy for Amy. Um, and the, the other impression I got out of ProSouth was you guys really represented as a crew. It really had the most family vibe of any of the promotions. Not to say any of the other ones didn't have that vibe at all. I'm just saying ProSouth, there was something kind of special about the way you guys kind of um, were together in those moments. Yes, and of course, you know, when we won events, uh, I had already told the, the guys that anyone that was there, I wanted to come on stage with us. Because event is so collaborative. Um, event is indicative of everyone who was a part of that, from the talent to the staff to everyone in production to even the fans. Um, you know, that is a very much a team award, and I didn't feel right going up there on my own or going up there with just myself and Amy to accept an award that was built 
on the backs of two dozen or three dozen people. So I was glad they got their moment in the sun with us. Which were you most surprised at? I mean, to me, that was the one that was the most surprising. I didn't think he had a shot at events. Was that? Did you feel that way also? Maybe, maybe we have a difference in opinion because I kind of we've we've won a event of the year before with the anniversary Super Show specifically in 2021. Uh, so mm-hmm. it didn't catch me as off guard um, because a lot of times the flowers that we do get are for our bigger events like that or specifically our year-ending shows because we do have a very very focused narrative building where everything kind of builds to that one point. Um, so honestly, I was surprised that we won it, but I was not as surprised winning that as it was winning Booker. Um, there was a mm. lot of heavy competition in there for Booker. Um, a lot of people that not only do I think are, are, are good bookers of professional wrestling, but are mentors to myself or people that I've looked up to or people that I have learned from greatly in the past and got advice from, uh, you know, specifically, you know, like Todd Sexton, uh, myself, myself and Todd speak quite regularly, and I consider him a, a close friend. And, you know, to, to be able to win an award in a group as stacked as Booker of the Year typically stays, it's just, you know, very humbling and just – to me, awe-inspiring sometimes of myself of this, like, hey, you know, you did this. And not only did we win Booker of the Year, which, you know, is indicative of the product that we put out, but we did it with, you know, and I'm going to use air quotes here that you won't be able to see because, you know, we're uh, audio only, but a group of nobodies and misfits. You know, we're not using the same dozen people that everyone else is using and we're not using yeah. people who are getting major reps on your southern honors on your iwes and classic and 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 the such we're producing what we're producing with a band of guys that more often than not you may not see anywhere else around here yeah mm. but also with the healthy dose and i think this made a difference in voting of guys that have passed through and really and elevated themselves through their interaction with ProSouth. I think of guys like Austin Towers, right? Just all the people that have come through Brennan Watley. Like, you know, ProSouth is funny, man. It's a, it's a whole unique thing. In fact, I mean, the closest thing that I can even compare it to was PCW when I was running it, where it was like, if you came there to wrestle – you came there because you wanted to be there. Like, you weren't, you weren't going to make a ton of money. There wasn't going to be a ton of people watching you. But um, I always love to say that. It, but I go, but every fan mattered at a PCW show in a big way. And I think the same can be said of ProSouth. Those people have come around with you to different venues, different iterations, you know, um, there's a there's a definite like bond that the wrestlers and the fans have to Pro South that is a very unique thing, um, and, and I mean I think the fact that your focus is different is also a bit of an advantage. Everybody else is playing a very similar game, right? 
Look how many how many people can we get to watch our show? I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This is what pro wrestling is, right? Uh, how many people can we get to come to our show? What's the biggest number that we drew? And then they all snipe at each other about that bullshit. Pro self is kind of above those levels of discussion, right? Pro, with pro self, it's we do a weekly goddamn show. Like we're running all the time. If you want to come wrestle for us, come on. We'll find a spot for you. And you have a chance to, to build angles. Again, not only should you win, have one booker of the year, under my definition of the terms, I would only say you and Todd qualify. <laughs> <laughs> because they're the only ones who booked enough shows to really measure what they were able to do. Yeah. So, you know, I, just, I was so thrilled. I mean, I want, it was between you and Tim, I'll say that. Tim was winning at one point. Ace was winning at another point. I couldn't even look, you know. Ace was in two dog fights. It was him and Huckabee for mentor, and then him and Tim for Booker. And I remember thinking, like, wow, what if what if Ace got ripped out of both of these? <laughs> it would be so tragic, you know. There was def- um, there was definitely a very unsettling um, fear that that would happen, and you know, and and no salt, no salt for me there, um, you know. Uh, Losing mentor to Hook, uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. I've even personally got advice from Huckabee in, in different scenarios, different situations. I consider him a close friend of mine as well, and you know I'm I'm super proud of him for what he's accomplished. And obviously, obviously the industry felt strongly about it as well. Um, so I I have I have no sour grapes about about losing mentor. Um, I was just happy and, and, and humbled to be in the conversation and to know that that many people felt that strongly about what I've been doing because I've always wanted to leave wrestling better than when I found it. Um, yeah. And I don't have to have a trophy for that. I, I don't have yeah. to have one, nor do I expect one. I just want to continue doing what I'm doing uh, in the way that I do it in the very different style of pro wrestling that Pro Style puts on. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what we do. I'm a big fan of the people that we use, and I just love to see them grow. I love to see people that, you know, Larry might call a lost soul um, end up with our title and a most improved trophy, or someone that he uses the direct verbiage of sucks goat balls that now is <laughs> someone he continuously puts over in almost every report. Um, you know, that's, that's what the kind of stuff I live for. And, you know, it is something that I can take some credit for. But at the same time, a lot of times the growth that you have at ProSouth is less influenced by me directly and just by getting the platform and getting the yeah. opportunity of the stage time that another show is going to be so laser-focused on the one or two ankles that they have going on or the one or two characters that they're focusing on this month or, this, you know, this quarter – and that's all that's really going to get any kind of push and effort. Um, and, and I just, my team doesn't write that way. When, right. when we put something together, you know, it's more or less going to be, okay, everything needs a story. Everything needs a motive to happen. Um, some stories are going to be bigger than others. That's just how pro wrestling works. But all these characters are going to have different narratives because you have to have these narratives if you're going to grow. And you're going to have, these, have to have these narratives if you want these these talents to be challenged. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, Ace, thanks. I, I know you said you had, a, you had to hop off here by, by 8. Thanks for calling in, and again, congratulations on a fantastic uh, 2023. Absolutely, guys, and I think 2024 is going to be just as good, if not better. Right Take on, care. man. Congratulations. Dom, thanks for hanging in. Oh, no, I I was just happy to listen because if I knew it was this easy to just listen to the podcast, I'd probably listen every single week, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can continue my workout and do this. <laughs> you, know, you know, Larry, I was going to say this when Ace was on. Ace is such a better person than me because when I will – the moment that I was on the awards podcast, but PCW didn't win a goddamn thing. It was the rampage year, but they still brought me on. Like, you know, when you used, it used to be a tradition, Dom, when you got the call from Larry or the text, you knew that you won something. If Larry was booking you for that <laughs> award show, that meant my God, you were winning. <laughs> To be honest, to tell you how out of the loop I was, I did my I did my nominations because I felt strongly about some views winning certain awards, and the award I was interested in was most improved. But uh, Rob Ross messaged me about um, my promo, and he was like, "Can I just get a link to it?" And I tried to explain to him, I was like, "Hey, you know that match happened like nine months ago, so <laughs> I guess the tradition has changed just a little bit." Yeah. I mean, it shows the power. I think the one of the hidden aspects of the award shows is the power of uh, advocacy through Georgia wrestling history itself. Um, Pro Self, I mean, Larry adores them. And, you know, him writing about those shows is a big part of the reason. Even in this day and age of video and Facebook and all of this stuff, the power of a show report um, cannot be underestimated. I said once years and years and years ago, if Larry doesn't come to your show, your show hates shit. <laughs> and, which which uh, Steve brings me to something that I've been, I'm going to put up a post about this too, but um, yeah. we, we need more writers. We need more people we need to writers. do reports uh, so that more, more promotions can get coverage. Uh, and that it isn't so much pro-South and wherever else I'm going, not to toot my own horn on that, but we just don't have uh, that many other people submitting things from live shows other than uh, where Duke's going right now. Um, so, right. And, of course, his time is, more, is a lot taken up with managing. So if anybody has a hankering to write uh, and to do reports, please contact me. Um, yeah, I'm sure I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Steve would be glad to help critique your writing if that would be something you'd be interested. Yeah, in. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to streamline. You know, like you know when Kenny when he when he wrote that thing uh, yeah. about Rick, you know, like that was it's very easy for me to look look at the writing and go like, you know, just streamline this and this and this and this and it's a much more powerful piece. Like yeah. that's my only goal, right? Um, and if anybody feels inclined to write, especially, I mean, the show reports are so valuable. Um, I wish I could get to more. Um, I just can't, I just can't go to live wrestling. It freaking blows. But, you know, even Larry looking at stuff online, 
uh, and writing about it, as he does with a lot of the pro style, certainly that's viable. It, most every promotion now is on IWTV, for example. Um, and it's not a hard thing. Please write. Um, you'll be surprised. I mean, Rob Rod, you know, it's really getting in as a guy who did show reports. And his first ones were atrocious. Didn't matter, right? The fact is he was willing to do them. And then you're going to improve. And then, yeah. and then Rob Rod carved out a very nice place for himself in the Georgia wrestling scene, even though he doesn't even live here anymore. It doesn't live in Georgia anymore. So, like, all I can say is, um, you know, please, uh, if you can throw in a show report, please do so. Do you want to interject real quick on that one? Yes. With your writers? Uh, To be honest with you, that was one of the conversations I had with Classic last year was we were putting on good events. And we were still selling out, but Larry wasn't coming. And I was telling him, I was like, we'll never be, we'll never be in the conversation with those top guys, whatever you consider a top promotion to be, but you'll never be in the conversation with the top promotions if Larry's not over there at your show one time. And yep. if you put on a good enough show for Larry, then, you know, he's going to come back. And I told the guys, too, you can't, you can't have both ways. You guys mentioned it earlier in the podcast. You can't hate Larry and hate Larry's writing, and then when January rolls around, you want a handout. And that Larry first coming to Classic was a big deal for me. And as for Rob Broad, yeah, I owe I owe Rob Broad a lot for my career personally because a couple of years ago when he was still living in Georgia, he posted and wrote a lot of good things about me. Yeah, and I was just in the middle of the card as so-and-so promotions are when I just randomly pop up at places. Rob Broad always posted very good things about me, and I told him that I believe that went a long way to other people perceiving my work is good because a lot of times people don't watch all these other matches like they claim to. I feel like a lot of times they just read what happens on Georgia Wrestling History and form their opinion that way, which is still absolutely. But it's just I wanted to thank Rob Broad for what he's done for me personally. Nice. Hey, so Dom, thanks for thanks for coming on and uh, giving us your take on on your winning, on the awards itself, and your where your career is headed. We really appreciate it. And congratulations! Well, I mean, congratulations on winning, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it is probably the second greatest promo that has ever won that award. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say the award it meant a lot to see Earth be able to have his name on the award. Yeah, baby. Yet. Because he was a guy that when I first met him, he didn't get a lot of love from Georgia wrestling. The wrestlers, the bookers, the fans, and it was really impressive to you know see how far him he has come in his career. Hey, by but the way, thank you guys. Do, do, one last thing: Do you know what happened to Irv's physical award? Oh, so Justin has mine. Justin has mine. I have Irving. Oh, okay. Oh, so somebody's got, because somebody's we were, got it. We were, actually, we were actually planning on doing another promo on winning promo of the year. But <laughs> I told him, 
I told him I did 51% of the work in the promo, so <laughs> and somebody has to give theirs up to the promotion, which I was, once again, I was grateful for Classic City for all that they've done and to helping me be a main eventer, so I felt like they deserved my trophy. So I had Irving. I had Irving. Okay. Nice. Okay. Chips went missing in action, but we're, we're, I'm taking care of that. So, uh, good, good. <laughs> the awards are and, valuable enough that people are swiping them. I love it. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, I don't know why. They have our names on them. Okay. <laughs> that just, makes them more valuable. I just keep telling myself somebody swiped my promo of the year award, even though I know Larry's got it. I like to tell myself that somebody sleeps with it every night under a pillow. Hopefully Diana Michelle. But, per, uh, but I'll really take anybody at this point. That's fine. <laughs> if you guys don't mind me saying real quick. Uh, yes. I'm very grateful to be a part of the Georgia wrestling scene because Ace was talking about Alabama. I've wrestled in Alabama and basically every state in the Southeast, and a lot of wrestlers <laughs> complain, but we really have it better than a lot of other states with yeah. the shows that we have, the coverage that we get, and in some cases the money that we're making off some of these shows too because I've been I've – drove, I've drove six hours, eight hours to other states to get absolutely nothing, and <laughs> – also, to all the bookers, the promoters, my fellow wrestlers that have helped me get to this point of winning the award and helping me through 2024 just be better, I appreciate all of you guys. And just know, if you're ahead of me, I'm coming to get you. I'm <laughs> jumping you this year. This is my year. It really is. This is my year. It, all right. You know, I see this. If, if Thriller can win it, I can win it. I'm going to leave nice. you guys on that one. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for being on. All right. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, Larry, I know we got to wrap it up. Um, I did want to mention one thing. A guy that we had on as a guest on the show in one of the most infamous interviews we've ever done, um, Francisco Chiazzo, um, who did a lot of stuff in the Georgia scene. Uh, He passed, and then um, his service was a couple of days ago. And was apparently very well attended, especially by oh, the good. Florida contingent. I saw a lot of them talking about it. Saw Simon Says and others continuing to spread that love, Ron Nimi, um, and that kind of thing. So we wanted to give our condolences to him and to uh, his wife, Stormy, and um, his friends and family. He will be missed. Um, and, you know, he's in that wrestling brotherhood. He definitely did a lot of good stuff in Georgia. He usually brought a carload of real characters with him. Um, yeah. That's and, for did, sure. you know, and was part of the greatest thing, arguably, that uh, happened in the the Charles Anschutz era of uh, Southern Fried. So that's that's no small potatoes. It's a pretty big deal. So. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, so, Larry... Um, where are you going to be this weekend? I hope to be at Southern Fried, and I definitely will be at the Jimmy Rave Cup for Southern States Pro on Sunday. Nice. Um, I realized today that this might be my last time to see wrestling, potentially, in a very, very long time live. <clears throat> so I'm going to look for a show to see on Saturday night. Oh, good for um, you. It's the last time I can do it. I'm thinking that there's an Orlando promotion of note that is running. 
Um, and uh, Lou Spector is no longer a part of the Florida scene, which makes me want to go ten times more. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And so, <laughs> so uh, okay. uh, next next week I turn 52, Larry. Can you believe this mess? No. 52 years old, yeah. I had all this stuff planned to do for my birthday, but now none of it's going to happen probably because I'm going to take one of these new jobs. In fact, in what time is it? In 19 minutes, I'm going to roll into this, uh, roll out of this car and into this restaurant to interview for yet another job. So I have a lot well, of decisions to make this weekend. Um, and my career is going to shift mightily. I'm still going to be, I'm, I'm probably going to be working more than ever if that it even is possible, um, which is insane. So it is insane. Um, well, good, good luck and uh, happy birthday in advance, man. Thank you. Well, Larry, you, you pulled it off. I can't believe a second annual live gala event has happened for Georgia wrestling history. And we're sitting here talking about it. It is absolutely bonkers. Um, again, there's so many people who help these things come together. Uh, Naja putting in so much work. I saw some of those videos, just the video introductions for the managers. I thought, boy, that looks really great. <laughs> it looks so great. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and and I know, don't know. I don't know what's uh, what has become of this at this point, but Don Kester videotaped the whole thing. So, um, yeah. So there's a videotape of the two camera shoot of the whole event somewhere. Right. Nobody's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) special thanks to our guests. Um, Sorry for the guys that couldn't end up calling in. Um, I don't know if you caught the conversation between me and Dom, but we were actually talking about the WWE and how they're kind of uh, bulletproof at this point. Um, yeah, I caught well, some of that. Yeah. Maybe Larry and I will have a further discussion about that the next time we have tipping point. Um, but until then, I'm Stephen Platinum. He's Larry Goodman. Thank you for joining us once again for the tipping point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.